The following message is from Grace on the Ashley Baptist Church, located in Charleston, South Carolina. For more information about Grace on the Ashley, visit graceontheashley.org. People will trickle in here, but um, welcome. Uh, we're glad that you're here. All three of you. That's okay. I tell, I tell people uh, when I'm, you know, helping them learn to teach and, and encourage them, uh, it's like, you know, prepare as if you're going to speak to 300 people, even if you only have one show up. And so, um, uh, so you know, and don't be discouraged when one or three show up. So, uh, because, you, you know, we, we've been through this with our discipling course, right? And so, anyway, um, tonight we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, and I uh, drew the, the short straw. Uh, and I get to, to teach about spiritual gifts. And it's a it's a it's an important topic. It's a it's a wonderful topic. It's a topic that we talk about when we go through our membership class. Um, it's um, something we don't talk a lot about unless we get to it in Scripture, uh, particularly tongues and healing and, and prophecy and those sorts of things. Um, but I think it'll be a good one. Um, it's not the longest lesson, so it may not take us the whole time. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this is not a, an in-depth course on on spiritual gifts. All right, we can do. Uh, many, many weeks on this. We can hit each topic uh, in, you know, um, uh, weeks at a time. Uh, we're not going to do that tonight. We're going to cover a lot of things, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll get, we'll get done in the time that we've been given. So let me open us with a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. Lord God, we are thankful for uh, this day. We're thankful that you've brought us through another day. Uh, we pray that uh, as we open your word now, that you would open our hearts and our minds to your truth uh, and what you want us to learn. We pray that you would reveal uh, more uh, of yourself to us uh, here in this time that we have. In Christ we pray. Amen. Um, so, you don't have to raise your hand, uh, but in your, in your book, uh, you have uh, some blanks. And we're not going to go through uh, and, and fill out all the blanks. If you're like me, you're like, you know, if, if the teacher doesn't cover what the blanks are, then it kind of bothers you. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to tell you, I'm probably not going to do that uh, tonight. Uh, but... I do want to talk about a couple of things. I want you to understand that, um, uh, that if you're a believer, God has given you a spiritual gift. Uh, it's a spiritual giftedness. Um, and there's purposes for that gift. Um, there's not, it's not given to you for just so you can you know, squander it. Um, it's not given to you so that you can uh, just use it for your own good. Uh, there's a purpose for the particular gift um, that you've been given. Now, um, we, we see uh, that the, the term spiritual gift comes from a couple of different Greek words, uh, charismata uh, and pneumatica. Um, charis, if you're familiar with uh, our church anyways for a little while, um, or charis, uh, we used to have what we call charis classes. Uh, that's the Greek word for grace. Um, uh, and it speaks of something that's undeserved or unearned. Um, secondly, the word uh, pneumatica or pneumatica, um, it means spiritual, so, or, or, or things given by the Spirit of God. And so uh, when you become a believer in Christ, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, you are given spiritual gifts. Um, uh, and so we're going to look here uh, at the various spiritual gifts that we're, we're told about in Scripture, uh, and then also how they should be used in and for the body of Christ. Or not used. Um, a little foreshadowing there. So, who, without looking it up in Scripture, you can, um, if you go to 1 Corinthians 12, we're told, um, who uh, is the source of spiritual giftedness? Does anybody know? That's right. Yes. Uh, and if you go a little bit farther in, in, in chapter 12 of, um, uh, of 1 Corinthians, in verse 28, uh, we're... Um, we're told that, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and on and on, then miracles and so on. And so the Holy Spirit, uh, God. And so, um, but who possesses these spiritual gifts? Everybody. That's right. Every believer, right? Every believer. Um, but there are specific purposes 
uh, for the particular gifts. And if you were to look at, um, again, in 1 Corinthians 12, we're, we're given uh, one. If you, Greg, do you have your Bible there? You can look up, uh, I'll get to you in a second, but if you want to look up 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Um, and I'll go ahead and do 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. Um, if you were to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, we're told, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities. But it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so the spiritual gifts are given, firstly, for the common good. Um, secondly, Greg, what do, you, what do you have in 1 Corinthians 14, 12? So, secondly, uh, we see that uh, spiritual gifts are given uh, for the what? The edification of the church. Exactly right. Um, and so, <clears throat> there's a third reason that uh, God has given us spiritual gifts, and that's, if, you don't have to turn here, but if you were to flip over to 1 Peter 4, um, starting in verse 10. Sorry, it's dark up here and my, my words are small. I'm only 39. Uh, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, the one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And so we see the third reason there uh, that God has given us spiritual gifts is to serve one another. So we have uh, the, for the common good, uh, we have for the edification of the church, and then we have to serve uh, one another. Now, there are multiple spiritual gifts that we see in Scripture. Uh, now, you, you can't just go to one text and see uh, and pull out uh, all the different various spiritual gifts. However, um, if you were to go to ver um, Romans chapter 12, we, see a, we do see a list there. Um, starting in, in verse 6, Romans 12, uh, we're told that... Um, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who con uh, contributes in his exhortation, uh, excuse me, in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So we see a list uh, of some spiritual gifts there. We see uh, prophecy, we see Exhortation. We see service. Uh, we see giving. We see mercy. Uh, we see teaching. We see leading. So all these are spiritual gifts that uh, that you could have been blessed with or given. Um, there are more, and I'll just read these off to you. Uh, you know, the, the, there's another list over in First Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we see wisdom. We see healing. We see knowledge. Uh, uh, prophecy. We see faith. We see this distinguishing of spirits. Uh, we see various kinds of tongues. We see interpretation of tongues. Uh, we see healing. We see administrations. We see miracles, uh, helps, and various kinds of tongues again. Uh, in, in chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians, it tells, uh, it mentions tongues a couple times. And we'll talk about that in a second. However, it's important for us to know uh, that as these gifts have been given, there are some that are permanent gifts. Uh, and then there are some that were given uh, as a temporary gift. Uh, that is, that they would eventually cease at some point. Um, and we'll talk about that briefly. But um, I want to point out that sometimes people are, are, are confused about uh, what a spiritual gift is versus a, um, a natural ability that is shared between both believers and unbelievers. You're, you're following me? Um, Spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to those, like we mentioned, who are only those who are believers uh, in Jesus Christ. And what they are, in essence, are capacities for service, uh, or spiritual service. Um, now, the nature of spiritual gifts, uh, we'll see a couple things. Um, at the moment of salvation, you are given a unique spiritual giftedness. 
uh, as you were, when you were uh, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, he gave you something. Um, now, you may not know what that gift is immediately. Uh, you, some people do. Some people just have a desire almost immediately to, to serve in a particular way, a giftedness. It's, it's clear to them. Others don't, don't have that. Uh, and it kind of has to be, uh, you kind of have to, uh, I won't say try different things in the church, but you have to be given opportunities to show what your gift is um, in the church. And that's part of uh, my job as an elder is to help uh, reveal what your gift is uh, for the good of the body, right? Um, and all Christians have been given this gift. We just read in 1 Peter 4, as each one has received a special gift. Now, uh, note that each one there is every Christian has received a special gift. So, um, we know that it was received at the time of salvation, but notice it says this. It says, a special gift. That's a significant article A there, okay? Um, you're not given every spiritual gift, okay? Uh, so you can't... Uh, you can't, uh, you can do uh, certain things, but you can't do them all. So you're not given every, just because you're a believer in Christ doesn't mean that you have every single spiritual gift that we just list, listed, um, listed off there. A gift is singular, okay? Uh, it's a single gift, or, or better seen as a, a giftedness, if you will. Um, so you can see your giftedness as a mixture of several of the gifts. It's, it's, like, it's like a painting, right? It's like a painting. Um, the painter, or in this case the Holy Spirit, um, selects from a palette of gifts for you um, and paints your giftedness perfectly, perfectly to equip the church. You follow me? Um, so the Holy Spirit knows exactly what gifts to give you, or gifts to give you, uh, and how, in his, uh, his infinite wisdom, how your particular giftedness will equip the church. Um, not everybody's the same. Not everybody has the ability to teach. Not everybody has, um, uh, is, is, uh, has the gift of mercy. Uh, not everybody has those gifts. But uh, John MacArthur says this, a believer's gifts can be overlapping, uh, can be an overlapping combination taken in different proportions from the categories of gifts. Um, it's best to see a person's gift as a unique blend of the categories of giftedness granted to that individual in connection with his or her traits and experiences and the needs of the church. So it's not a selfish thing. Um, each believer becomes a unique uh, becomes as unique spiritually as his fingerprints are physically. Got that? Uh, and so that helps us in multiple ways. That helps us to know as we see other people exercising their gifts. Um, <clears throat> as humans, it's easy for us to get discouraged and say, man, I wish I was gifted in that way. I did, I'm not gifted in that way. I'm not as useful. Um, but that's not true. Uh, you're just as useful for the church because the Holy Spirit has gifted you uh, in a particular way. Uh, but you must, and we'll talk about this in a second, but you must use that gift for the church in order for it to be useful. Um, think of a football team, right? Um, not everybody's a quarterback. Not everybody's a wide receiver. Not everybody's a kicker. Um, but what would happen if the quarterback didn't show up and the kicker had to fill in for him? Um, in the same way, the church is made up of many members. Uh, and so each is uniquely gifted for different areas of service in the church uh, and ministries in the church. And I, I say that over and over again because it's important for us to know that. I've had people tell me, well, I'm, I don't know what my gift is. I don't have any gift. I just want to come and just, you know, enjoy other people's gifts. Um, but if you're a true believer, that is, that's, that's not the way to look at your own personal Christian uh, life, but also the life of the church. Um, and so we, you know, we, we read uh, scripture and it tells us all of these gifts uh, that have been laid out, everything from service to leading to teaching um, to wisdom to prophecy to, to, and we'll talk about that word prophecy in a second, uh, but um, uh, uh, healing and, 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 and tongues even. Um, we'll talk about that one in a second. 
But the purpose, as we just talked about, is for the common good. You guys came in after this, so I'll just reiterate what the purpose of these gifts are. Uh, the purpose of these gifts is for the common good of the church, for the edification of the church, and to, uh, they're used to serve one another. God gives us gifts for others. Okay? Uh, and so as we get, kind of get started here, we've gotta, we need to remember that. Um, now, you can disagree on the number of spiritual gifts uh, that are, that are um, in Scripture. Some people call, uh, you know, um, my, my, may say that, um, that uh, being a, uh, an apostle or prophet or evangelist is a spiritual gift. Um, I would argue that it's not because it clearly says that those people were appointed those things. Um, like in Ephesians 4, uh, we're, we're told that uh, apostles and uh, God appointed gifted people for the church. Apostles and, and, and uh, prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Uh, so my spiritual gift is not pastor. Okay? <laughs> um, that's an appointment given to me by God uh, and confirmed by the church. Uh, that's not my spiritual gift. Um, it's, you didn't receive the gift of an apostle. It's just an appointment. Um, and so, however, however, those men that were appointed as apostles, for example, were told that Ephesians 4 passage tells us that uh, they were gifted men. They were gifted. And so their gifts, we don't know what they were, but they, you know, things like knowledge and teaching. Um, and leadership. It's the reason they were appointed apostles and teachers and pastors. Um, now, there are categories of spiritual gifts. As we kind of briefly touched on a second ago, there are categories. There are the permanent gifts and there are temporary gifts. Um, the permanent gifts, uh, if you recall back to those, those gifts that we listed um, uh, before, I don't know what page it is on yours, but it's, uh, it's back under the, the section two, the provision of spiritual, uh, excuse me, uh, I don't know what your book looks like, but mine has the, uh, the permanent gifts, everything from prophecy to teaching to faith, wisdom, knowledge, discernment, mercy. Uh, do you all have that, that list? You do? Oh, perfect. Great, great, great. Uh, exhortation, giving, administration, leadership, helps, uh, service. Um, all of those are the, the, the permanent um, gifts. Um, one permanent gift, though, that's listed there that may cause an, a sense of, of confusion. Um, does anybody know which one it might be? Well, not giving. <laughs> Prophecy, right. Some and so, Some people is giving. <clears throat> that was a temporary gift. Um, so the gift of prophecy is important that we distinguish what that word prophecy actually means. Okay? Uh, if you truly understand what prophecy means, it doesn't mean to tell the future, right? The word prophecy means to tell forth. Um, and so when we say the word prophecy, um, with the completion of Scripture, we're foretelling, the foretelling part of the gift has ceased. Um, today, with the person with the gift of prophecy tells forth um, the word of God from Scripture. You following me? Okay. Okay, so prophecy does not mean I'm going to stand up here and uh, I'm hearing a word from God and I'm going to tell you what he's saying. Something about the future or something that's not in scripture but God is just telling me right here on the spot. Um, that's what a lot of your uh, charismatic uh, movement churches would, would call prophecy. Um, <clears throat> we believe that canon is closed. Uh, you shall not add or take away from my word, right? And so, uh, because scripture is closed, the canon is closed, you cannot add or take away from it. Foretelling future, or God directly speaking to somebody in order to tell you what he's saying, that ceased, all right? So when we say prophecy, we're, mean, we're meaning to uh, tell forth what God has already revealed in his, uh, or proclaim. We can, we can use the word proclaim also instead of prophecy. So, yeah, so that's a good question because, you know, uh, if I go to teach a Sunday school class, that's not preaching, right? And so there's a, there's a slight difference. Uh, when, when we talk about prophecy uh, or prophesying, 
Uh, I don't like to use that word because it shows a lot of, throws a lot of confusion in, into the mix. Um, but one good way to think of it is preaching versus teaching. What am I doing when I'm preaching? Um, well, I'm not just, you know, giving you a bunch of facts and, you know, expecting you to learn a bunch of facts, right, about the scripture or, or that sort of thing. When I'm, when I'm preaching, I'm doing that, but I'm also aiming for your head. I'm aiming for your heart. I'm, I'm making sure there's application in there so that you can't, you don't just hear the word of scripture and learn a bunch of cool Greek and Hebrew words that you didn't know before. Um, but also that you can uh, really dig into it, you can understand it, you can apply it to your life, uh, and then it's going to really pierce your heart in that way. Does that make sense? So there is, a, there is a difference between preaching and teaching, or prophesying and teaching. And that's why the, the gift is li- listed separately. Um, but they are, they are connected. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about the permanent gifts versus the temporary gifts, um, the permanent gifts are those that we that people are still gifted with today. Okay, um, and so Greg is a giver. Greg has been gifted with giving, right? <laughs> is that why you mentioned it? <laughs> right, but but there there are some temporary gifts, and this is where the controversy comes in. Now I'm going to be as gracious as I can. Uh, because I would, I, there are some very well-respected people that I know that, that would disagree slightly on this. Um, I would argue that the, these gifts that we're about to talk about have ceased to exist, and we'll talk about why in a minute. Um, the um, healing and tongues are the two most prominent ones that we'll talk about. Um, the gift of healing and the gift of tongues. Uh, those two gifts are prominent in your charismatic movement. Um, uh, but uh, I think we can show from Scripture that the, the purpose for those gifts was a temporary purpose, okay? At a certain time, point in time in the church uh, that is no longer necessary for today. And actually, um, you could probably argue that it was no longer necessary since around like 70 A.D. and after, okay? Um, the early church shows no, and I'll talk about this, but the, the early church, like 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th century, uh, has no instances of these gifts being used. Um, and so being that close to Scripture and can, the canon, um, that's one of our clues there. Um, however, there are some scriptural clues, too, that we'll talk about. Um, what was the purpose of these gifts? What was the purpose of healing and miracles, first and foremost? Uh, well, we see in Hebrews uh, and, and Acts and, and a couple of places in, in 1 Corinthians and Romans even all over, uh, there were some reasons for miracles and healing. Um, the purpose was this, to confirm the gospel message, to confirm the apostles, to confirm Paul, to confirm the message and the messenger, um, and so those, those, those gifts, and when, now when I say healing I'm not, and, 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 and miracles, I am not saying that God does not heal and God does not continue to perform miracles. There's a big difference. Uh, what I'm saying is that men and women are not given those gifts to come over to you, lay my hand on you, and heal you. Okay, if that was true, uh, what, what we saw in Scripture was entire cities being healed right? Uh, Not just individuals, but entire groups of people being healed. If that was true and still given today, there'd be no reason for that hospital right down the road. You wouldn't have, uh, who's a nurse in here? Is anybody a nurse? You're not, I thought you were a nurse, you're not. Um, There'd be no reason for that, uh, because you could just go around to all these hospitals and touch people and heal them. Um, That's not necessary anymore. However, however, the way God does that now is through our prayers the veil has been torn. We have access to God through our prayer uh, and through by the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. And so by our prayer, God heals. And by our prayer, God performs miracles. Um, so the purpose of that uh, healing and miracles, the gift of those is not necessary anymore. Um, because we have the completed scripture, the message no longer needs to be validated. 
okay? So if we think about um, the, the church in Acts, one of the reasons <clears throat> that, that uh, Jesus healed and Paul healed and the apostles were given the, the gift of healing uh, was because uh, of confirmation that the message was true, right? Um, and so when we see that in scripture, that does not mean that it has to go on to today. Because we have a completed scripture, uh, that message is confirmed in his word right here. We have it right here, okay? Um, and the, apostle, the office of apostle has passed away. Uh, they're, they're, and because of that, those gifts are no longer required to attest to their authority. So it attested to the authority of the apostles. Uh, and so the message was, was affirmed through the gifts of, uh, of healing and, and, and tongues in a second uh, and miracles. But also the messenger was affirmed to say that I am appointed directly by God. Let me prove it, essentially. Does that make sense? Um, that's no longer necessary today. Um, there was, a, there was a, 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 another thing real briefly, that the uses of the gift of healing at the time of the early church, it was, it was instantaneous. Uh, the healing was complete and permanent when, it, when a healing did take place. Uh, it, they healed blindness. They healed para, uh, paralysis uh, and on and on and on. Um, and also healing was unconditional. Uh, you didn't have to do something or def depend on the faith of the one being healed. What do we see today? It depends on your faith. And if you don't have it, if you don't, or your seed money, <laughs> that's exactly right. If you don't have enough faith, then God's not going to heal you. Um, and that was not a joke. If you don't send enough money in, God will not hear you, heal you, and, or hear you. Um, and so that, that gift of healing given to someone is not, uh, it ceases to exist. Um, um, there are manifestations of the gift of healing. It's not the same as in the early church. Um, none of your faith healers today heal instantaneously, um, uh, completely, permanently, or unconditionally. There's always that condition there. Um, also, the healers today don't heal blindness or paralysis or similar conditions, right? Um, Regardless of what you see on TV of, you know, people being knocked over and um, blown on or whatever they do these days, um, that's not the gift of healing. Those are, are, are snake oil salesmen, um, and they're lying to the people there. Um, and a lot of the, actually probably most of them are just paid actors, to be quite honest with you. Um, so I want to iterate this because I want you to hear me. We do believe uh, that... Um, God still heals and God still performs miracles. We do not believe that the gifts of healing and miracles are still active today. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, now, if you came from a charismatic background, that might be difficult to grasp. My wife came from a charismatic background. Um, and she, she, she'll tell you that over the years she has struggled with, like what we're about to talk about, the gift of tongues. And is it true? She, she never did, but um, in her church they did. And they made you feel like you're less of a Christian or not a Christian if you didn't. Um, and so what do I talk about with tongues? Well, um, the, there's a purpose for the gift of tongues as well. Um, David, you're just in time. <laughs> I was just about to tell, teach everybody how to speak in tongues. <laughs> um, when, I, when you see uh, uh, folks on television today speaking in tongues or in churches today, um, that's not what Scripture talks about, speaking in tongues. It's not, you know, bought a Hyundai, should have bought a Honda, you know, over and over again, faster and faster and faster and faster. It's not. No, it's not. Um, there was a purpose for the gift of tongues as well. Um, and... First and foremost, if you First Corinthians fourteen is, is probably one of the is is the place to go for um, tongues and prophecy. Um, now this is not an expository exegesis on First uh, Corinthians fourteen. Uh, I have a limited amount of time, but we see in First Corinthians fourteen that one of the purposes for tongues is is simply. Assigned to unbelieving Jews, right? 
Um, if you go back a little bit, a little ways to Acts, we see the gift of tongue as, a, as an attestation of, uh, to the salvation of the Gentiles. So it attested to the salvation um, of the Gentiles. Um, and, and just like we talked about a second uh, earlier about one of the reasons for gifts in general is to edify the church. Um, it was to give a word from God to edify the church. Now, uh, the purpose of tongues and interpretation of tongues is no longer necessary. Why do I say that? Um, well, because the usage of tongues was a sign to the Jews to confirm the acceptance of the Gentiles into the church. That's no longer needed today. That's number one. Secondly, since we have, again, just like healing and miracles, because we have a completed canon, we have the complete scripture right here in front of us, uh, or on your phone, speaking of which, let me turn my phone off. A word from God by way of tongues is not necessary. Um, now, when we see... Uh, people just speaking gibberish on television or in churches, that is not what was going on in Scripture. Scripture tongues, when it talks about tongues, was they were known languages, okay? So, um, like Spanish or, or uh, French or Swahili or, or Falsi or Farsi, you know, all of these are known languages, right? That's not the ones they were using necessarily. I'm just giving you an example. Uh, it wasn't, you know, Bada Honda Shodavana Hyundai over and over and over again, just gibberish, blah, 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 all over and over again. That was not what tongues is in, in Scripture. I know, yeah. Um, but that's what you see. That's what you see, uh, which is just one of the issues with, uh, with um, the movement of, of uh, uh, the charismatic movement um, and other movements as well. It's not just the charismatic movement. Um, other, actually, tongues aren't unique to Christianity. Um, other other uh, pagan religions have um, their version of tongues, and it's just gibberish, right? Gibberish, real fast gibberish over and over again. Um, tongues also, uh, we see here in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, they were to be regulated. So it wasn't just, um, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people. You know, I watched a video this week of... Uh, there was a church, it was clearly a charismatic uh, church. Um, everybody was just talking in gibberish at the same time. You didn't know what was going on. Some people were, some people weren't. Um, and it was just, it was, it was chaos. Um, but God is a God of order, right? And he's orderly in everything he does, including when the gifts were exercised in scripture. And so we see, uh, if you were to uh, go to verse 26, we see that the gifts uh, of tongue was, was to be orderly. Uh, it was to be one, two, or at most three in each in turn with an interpreter there. So for example, um, if, if David um, spoke Swahili, right? Um, so David would stand up and he would speak in Swahili. Uh, and if I had the gift of interpretation of Swahili uh, or, or, or interpretation of tongues, I would interpret what David was saying and then David would sit back down. And then um, Aaron would stand up. And Aaron has the gift of you know, speaking in Spanish. Maybe you don't speak in Spanish, do you? Can you speak Spanish? Okay, good. So if, if you were to stand up and speak in Spanish, I would interpret your Spanish to those who are hearing, and then you would sit back down. And so it was orderly. Uh, it wasn't just a bunch of people just you know, mouthing off a bunch of random gibberish. Um, and it's important for us to know that and understand that. Uh, because um, that's not what we see in the churches today. Um, that's, that's, when, they, when they mouth off these things, I was telling some of the guys earlier that I watched another video of a guy named Sid Roth, and um, he, he's just, he was teaching the, the crowd, the audience, how to speak in tongues. And he, start, he said, start, talk, start, start off by just talking in like baby speak. And then as you talk to baby speak, you just say it louder, or faster and faster and faster and faster. And so you get the audience, you know, and then he's telling them, raise your hand higher, you know, speak faster, faster. And they couldn't speak fast enough. He actually threatened, he told them, he said, if you, uh, I bet if I held a gun to your ribs, you would speak faster. So he was upset that they weren't doing it properly, which is ironic, because all they were doing was speaking gibberish. <laughs> so, 
So that's what we see in churches, and it's just a, it's a it's a farce. It's a uh, it's it's fake, um, and it doesn't exist today. True uh, tongues in Scripture don't uh, exist today because uh, the manifestations of tongues and the interpretation of tongues they don't match that of what the early church uh, we saw in the early church. Um, it's uncontrolled today. Uh, it's unintelligible, uh, and it's done by many all at the same time. Uh, it's, it's chaos. I think MacArthur has a series from many years ago called Charismatic Chaos, and, um, uh, and that's exactly what it is. If you've, if you've never seen people or, or been around people speaking in tongues, and I, I'm saying that loosely, what they claim to be speaking in tongues, um, it's, it's chaos. It's really what it is. Um, the other issue, too, is, is clearly Paul warns the church that if you're going to do it, make sure there's an interpreter there. Why was that? that and there's probably going to be some unbelievers there and what's going to happen if somebody just stands up even if you're speaking in language no we're talking about the early church now you're speaking in a known language but nobody can understand you if you don't have somebody to interpret that unbeliever is going to think these people are crazy and that's exactly why paul warns them don't do it unless there's an interpreter there if you don't have an interpreter there or somebody with the gift of interpretation of tongues um just stay quiet Right, and so it's even then it's controlled. It wasn't an outpouring of just just randomness. Um, so anyway, um, where was I? Now it's clear that all Christians have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit at the time of salvation. Some churches today will claim that if you can't speak in tongues, you're either a second-rate Christian or you're not a Christian. But that's clearly not scriptural. Because even those in uh, the early church, not all of them had the gift of speaking in tongues. So that couldn't have been true, right? Um, but all Christians are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, we could go really far down that rabbit hole of, of talking about spiritual uh, gifts and um, particularly the, the uh, gifts of healing uh, and tongues. Um, before I go any further, did anybody have any questions? Have you ever been in a church where people were speaking in tongues? Or, or claimed that's what they claimed it was? You can teach yourself to do it. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of churches have classes. Yeah. Yeah. Make up all kinds. Well, and that was that was this guy's per point. You know, he said, you know, once you teach yourself to to do these random, you know, they're not words, they're r random noises, uh, then you can put them in any order, and you can just and call that tongues, and that's you know, and so it, yeah. Nonsense. That's right. Yeah. Yes, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. It's a showy gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It, that if if you if you if you if you go to YouTube, just go to YouTube, and just type in speaking in tongues. Um, there are some pretty chaotic scenes that'll pop up from like legitimate, uh, not legitimate, but actual church services 
um, where, you know, that's just natural for them. I mean, they grew up in it. They teach you that, you know, if you don't do this or have it. I've been in a church in Kentucky. We, didn't, we didn't, used to do missions in Kentucky every year. In the hills of Kentucky, I mean, coal mines, you know. And I was in a little small church. And um, one Sunday, you know, here's, here's me, young, you know, 13, 14-year-old Southern Baptist, you know, sit, be quiet, don't talk, don't raise your hand. <laughs> and this pastor just was preaching, preaching his heart out. And then all of a sudden, he just goes off into this, um, I, I had no idea what he was saying. It was the oddest thing. I, I, like, I'm listening, I'm listening, and all of a sudden, it's just like, you know, cleaning your ears out, and you're like, what, is he speaking? Is he, what is he saying? I don't understand at all. It was the most confusing thing I've, I think I've ever sat through, honestly. Um, and it, apparently that was him speaking in tongues. And then all of a sudden he just like didn't, never missed a beat. He went into it, whatever he was doing, came right out of it, picked right up where he, was, he left off. And so for, for them, it, they, they would claim it's a personal thing, uh, like praying in tongues. Uh, it's, uh, you know, your, your baptism of the Holy Spirit. You, you get in this spiritual state of a, of a language directly from God. Um, and so, you know, that's just not what we see in Scripture at all. There was a purpose for it, there was an order to it, and there was a time for it. Uh, and so that's, that's not what this guy was doing, because clearly nobody had a clue what he was saying. Uh, nobody, nobody. Now, I would have probably told that story differently if somebody had stood up and said, he just said, blah. Then I would have had a little bit of different discussion or thought in my head, but it was just like, and people in the church just thought it was completely normal. They didn't, they didn't miss a beat. <laughs> um, but uh, my wife, like I said, she she grew up in a charismatic church, um, and so you know, for her, it was uh, normal to see that, you know. Um, and so um, they'll they'll teach you. I had a professor in in college, a math professor that uh, went to a charismatic church, and they they're one of the churches that if you don't speak in tongues, you you're not a Christian, or you're a second-rate Christian. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we do, except it's not a second baptism. It's a yeah. Uh, we wouldn't call it that. Um, it's an indwelling of the Spirit at the time of salvation, and so, um, and because of that, you know, we're 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 at that time we're gifted, we're gifted, we're given these gifts uh, to use for the edification of the church, and that was the purpose of them then. You know, at Pentecost, look at Pentecost. Uh, they're up in the upper room, and and uh, they begin speaking in different, various languages, but they were known languages. They were to attest to the unbelieving Gentiles there to spread the gospel, right? To spread the message. And to attest that they've been chosen by God to spread that message. And it's a message from God, not just from them speaking some gibberish. Um, and it's not just me going blah, 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 over and over again. It was me, like, not knowing how to speak Korean and literally standing up here speaking Korean to somebody who needs to hear the gospel, and then that's it, right? And so um, there's a huge difference between the early church tongues and what we see, see now in the mainstream. Um, there are churches that have an entire, entire courses, in, you know, a college. I think Bethel Church has an entire, um, they don't call it university, but it's uh, Bethel School for Supernatural something. I forget what it's called. But that's one of the things that they teach you. Uh, they also, they, they also that's, that's one of the way, areas where they teach you uh, how you can, by music and other ways, uh, usher in the Holy Spirit. Um, and so uh, movements, hand movements, all kind of odd, odd things. Uh, and that's mainstream. That's mainstream. Um, so anyway... Um, Let's talk about the exercise of spiritual gifts real quick, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, I, I, want you to know, I want you to see, uh, we, didn't, we didn't cover um, uh, necessarily this, this question here, um, and if you've done your homework, if you haven't, that's okay. Um, I would encourage you to go back and answer these questions, look these scriptures up and answer these questions, uh, because it's really important that we understand that 
uh, again, every one of you in here, if you're a believer, you have been gifted with some spiritual gifts. Um, what is that? I, you know that. Uh, I can help you with that um, by giving you various opportunities or, or discipling you or walking with you in your, in your Christian life for a time and, and getting to know you. And um, You may know what your spiritual gifts are uh, already, but whatever they are, whatever they are, I want to exhort you to do a couple of things. I want you to be involved in ministry. Um, church is not just to come to uh, and to um, sit out there and to, to listen and to sing and then and pray and go home and then come back the next week and do it all over again on your own. All right? That's not the purpose of, of church. The, 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 as a Christian, we're to be with one another. We're to use our gifts for uh, one another. Um, not everybody's a hand, not everybody's a foot, not everybody's a shoulder uh, or an arm. Um, and so when the body isn't using all its parts, it doesn't function as it should, right? And so it's important. This is, these piggy, by the way, these all piggyback off of one another. And so David's uh, uh, lesson last week about the church, this fits perfectly in that, even though you may not initially think that. Um, but the purpose of spiritual gifts is for the church, the good of the body, right? The edification of the body. Um, so if you were to go back, uh, and if you, I'm, I'll read this real quick because we're short, we're running out of time. Um, our gifts can be abused and without benefit. Um, if you were to look at 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the first three verses tells us that. Um, and it, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels but don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries of knowledge and I have all faith as to remove mountains but don't have love, I'm nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned but don't have love, it profits me nothing. So your gift, first and foremost, is to be exercised in love. Um, and so as we, we see that, uh, since your, ex your gift is to be exercised in love, um, there are some guidelines that, that Paul lays out for us. Uh, and I don't have time to list them all, but some of those things that, to, to, to guide you and to, um, to ensure the profitability of your gifts, things like patience. He lists patience, right? Um, uh, uh, kindness. Um, bearing all things, believing all things about someone, hopes all things, enduring all things, not being rude, uh, not irritable or resentful. All of these things, what is the purpose of that? Well, um, it helps ensure that our gifts are profitable for the church. Um, what good is it if I'm trying to exercise teaching, but yet I'm a jerk outside of there, right? Um, and so that's, that's, that's what Paul is getting at there. Um, Secondly, uh, I want to, as you exercise your spiritual gifts, find your giftedness. Um, it's a blend of the various gifts. You may not, you know, you may not be a teacher uh, or um, uh, be, you know, uh, whatever, but uh, you might be a really merciful giver. You might just have a giving heart and a, and a, and a, a caring heart um, to 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 meet others' needs. Maybe God has gifted you financially uh, and you realize that that's not for you. That's for other people. So I think, I hope all of us know people like that, uh, that they're, they're financially well off, but they have the heart uh, to help others in need uh, and not just build up wealth uh, where uh, moth uh, and rust destroy, uh, but use it for the good of the body. Um, one of the ways you can determine that is by stepping into ministry and allow God to be the guide. Um, don't use the excuse, like, I don't think I'm gifted for that. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you really are. I, I, I've known people um, that have gotten into, like, nursery, right? They're just like, I don't know. I'm not gonna, and they love it. I mean, that, and they've been there for 50 years just because they decided to take the step one day and, and fill in somewhere where it was needed and realize that God has really gifted them with children and a caring, uh, giving heart. 
Um, and so that's just one little example. Don't uh, just say, I don't know what my gift is. I can't serve anywhere, right? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not just on God to, to, to reveal that to you. Uh, it's up to you to, to take a step and to, to join a ministry, to, to be a part, uh, and allow God to be your guide as you do that. Um, pray for guidance from God, first and foremost. Pray. On top of that, be immersed in his word. Um, uh, you confess sin. Um, and then you follow the desires of your heart. Why can I say that? Our heart's deceitful, right? That's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, and after you've, uh, uh, you know, um, you realize that God has revealed what your gift is to you um, and you're serving, minister that gift in love like we just talked about. It's got to be in love. Um, as, as we do things in love, we're not seeking our own benefit from it. We're not seeking to build ourselves up, although we do get some benefit from it, right? Um, but our, our heart will be to benefit others in the church through the gift that God has given me. Um, uh, we'll seek to care for others. Uh, we're not seeking to cause division in the body, saying, I'm, a, I'm the best teacher there is. I need to teach every class in this church. I'm the only one that can teach, right? Um, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not love. Um, that's pride. Uh, and if you're doing that, you haven't confessed the sin which means now you're just following the desires of your own heart and not the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, anyway, so there's some application, uh, just real briefly as we wrap up. Um, read over these scripture passages that are in your book um, uh, over and over again. Uh, pray that God would show you what your giftings are. Uh, you have uh, giftings. And I can say that confidently because scripture tells us that every believer um, has uh, giftings. Um, and understand that you are, you are uniquely called by God for something, uh, whatever that gift may be. It's not going to look like mine. It's not going to look like Greg's or Chris's or David's or Alicia's. They're going to be unique, uniquely gifted. And that's an amazing and a beautiful thing. That illustration of a painting earlier, you can use that not just for your own giftings, um, but also for the church as well, right? Um, uh, and so I want to exhort you again to, to use that gift in serving Grace on the Ashley. Um, if you're not here, plug into a church where you can use your gifts uh, for a purpose and understand that if you're not, then you're, giving, you're allowing a good gift of God to go to waste. Uh, and that is a... That is a it's not just a sad thing, it's a dangerous thing. Uh, because there was a purpose for that gift that God gave you, or your giftedness, and you're not using it. That is called disobedience. <laughs> um, so I would exhort you to, to use it and try to, 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 to figure out what that giftedness is. Um, any questions at this point? Okay, so that's a, the, the teaching is a good one because I've, I've had really good teachers over the years that weren't Christians, right? But they're really good teachers. And so when we say teaching, for example, um, we're, I would argue that we're specifically talking about teaching uh, the Word of God, right? So it's not just teaching any old subject. Yes. Uh, so, so, yeah, so talents would be like singing. That's, your, that's when we talked about at the beginning, like natural abilities. Some people confuse... Um, natural abilities and, and, and uh, spiritual gifts. And so singing is not a spiritual gift. It's a natural talent. Um, uh, but teaching can be a natural talent, but teaching the word of God is not a natural talent. 
right? And so it's a gift given by the Holy Spirit because only the Spirit will reveal his word, right? Um, I don't recommend doing this, but uh, there are pagans who try to teach from Scripture, right? And all they're doing um, is taking everything out of context. They're, they're teaching it incorrectly. Um, they're, they're not filled with the Spirit, and so they're not teaching Scripture uh, truly, like what, it, what it's meant to be. However, um, uh, you know, one of your Sunday school teachers, for example, who's a gifted teacher um, teaching the Word of God, um, understands the text, they know the text, they can teach it because God and the Holy Spirit has revealed the text to them to teach to you. So, um, but that was a good, good question because there, there are great teachers out there that can teach you know, chemistry and math and science and English. Mm. Um, but uh, things like that. But that's not a, a spiritual gift because spiritual gifts are specifically given to believers. So that was a good question. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And God has given, that's another point too. God has given. Uh, men and women, humans, intellect, right? And that's what Greg is saying, that they're just using their intellect to try to figure out an unknowable God, <laughs> right? So we can't know God without him revealing himself to us. Um, uh, and that's done through his spirit. So. Greg is referring to himself. <laughs> Greg is an incredible teacher. Don't let him. Don't let him talk about that. <laughs> He's humble bragging. <laughs> no, uh, this was a, you know this was a, one of the shorter lessons, but it's uh, it's a lesson that is pretty controversial. Pretty controversial, can be, depending on your background, your how you were brought up. Um, I I know some well-respected pastors that I follow that would not go so far as saying tongues have completely ceased. Now, I would say this. Let me say this. Um, Paul Washer. If you've never heard of Paul Washer, you should you should look him up. Um, he's one of those that would not go so far and say that God would not, and I would never say God would not and could not use the gift of tongues again today. Okay. Um, the only thing God can't do is what? That, I was going to say lie, but you're right. Yep, yep. Um, but it, would I stand up here and say God would never, ever use the gift of tongues in some uh, you know, singular instance in the middle of a jungle somewhere where you, know, you have a missionary dropped in and he doesn't know the language? Um, would I say that he would not use that? I would not say that then I'm just saying God can't do that, right? Um, although I think I would agree with MacArthur where he, he would say I, he wouldn't call that tongues. He would call that just a miracle that God performed in that particular instance. Does that make sense? Okay. It, well, that's why, that's why Paul Washer, he's, a, he's been a missionary for many, many years in, in some really, really hard places. And uh, he's heard stories from the far reach. I'm, I'm not talking about like New York City. I'm talking about the far reaches of of the mission field, uh, he's heard stories where God has performed miracles like that. Um, so he won't count it out, but uh, uh, I would go f as far as saying it's not, because canon is, scripture is closed, um, it's not a gift that God gives people anymore uh, on, a, on a regular basis. Um, and if he were to perform that miracle, it wouldn't be a gift of tongues. It would just be, as like this person has, it would be just a miracle that God performed. Uh, and I say that I've not had that experience. I've just heard well-respected men that I, I highly respect uh, say that. So, um, I just so I am a cessationist. 
That just means I believe the gifts, certain gifts have ceased uh, to be uh, per, uh, prosperous and purposeful for the church. Um, but I don't think uh, that you can, I'm not a John Piper where I think I can just pray about it over and over again and, and, hope, he, and hope God gives me the gift of tongues. <laughs> Um, he's a, he calls himself a careful cessationist, I think. So he doesn't believe it. However, he's not going to, he's kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'm a little more far out from where he's at, though. So did I muddy the waters at the end there? Okay, good. <laughs> Greg, you want to pray for us in English? Thanks. <laughs>